Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Peace, Purpose, and Prosperity podcast. I am your host, Life Coach Sharika Dunstan, and today I have a very special guest, Precious Harrison Cobb. And just to let you all know, me and Precious go way back. We went to college together. We were roomies for like two years, so I'm really excited to have her as a guest on the show. Hi. Hi, welcome. So I do want to let the listeners know all about you and how awesome and amazing you are. So I'll start by reading your bio. Precious is the principal attorney at the Lineage Firm, which will launch in March of 2021. She created the Lineage Firm to further her mission of supporting trauma-informed advocacy and to help parents and caregivers with services and resources for children and families. The Lineage Firm was also established to narrow the accessibility gap in disadvantaged communities that are in need of legal services. Currently, attorney Harrison Cobb serves as staff attorney in the Healthy Together Medical Legal Partnership at the Children's Law Center in Washington, D.C. At CLC, attorney Harrison Cobb represents parents and caregivers in education, special education, healthcare access, and housing matters, while advocating to address other health-harming legal needs families are experiencing. So prior to joining CLC, attorney Harrison Cobb served as an assistant district attorney in the 4th Prosecutorial District of North Carolina. She prosecuted general crimes and focused on cases with victims of sexual assault and abuse. Y'all, she's like the bomb. She does all these amazing attorney (laughs) things. And I knew her when she was just like a freshman in undergrad. Yes, yes, trying to figure out how I was going to get my papers written before the deadline. (laughs) Yes, and now look at you. You're an attorney. You have a master's degree aside from your JD. Like, you're, you're just goals, honestly. You are Black girl magic, and I'm so proud to know you. Well, thank you, and the feeling is mutual when we, you know, do something on our own, and our friends are doing things as well, whether they're different, we're all winning, so the feeling is mutual, you know, when I rise, you rise, when you rise, I rise, so I'm happy to be here in this project with you and what you're doing, so I'm I'm excited, I'm excited. Awesome. So today we are talking about prosperity. And I know people get a little iffy when they hear prosperity, like, "Mm, what do you mean? Are you being materialistic? Can you Mm -hmm. tell our listeners what prosperity means to you? Yeah, so I'll be honest, when the concept of prosperity came up for this conversation, I immediately thought back to church. I mean, I, I was a kid raised in the church. That's what I know. That's, I, I would say that's the foundation of the understanding of prosperity for me. Um, and so I did, you know, take the, take a moment to just kind of sit with it and thought about what it means to me. And I think I had to think back to that moment and like, well, how, how were you introduced to prosperity? And I think it's always been one of those things, you know, uh, no weapon formed against me should prosper, or you, you know, you meet an elder in a church or you do something and they're like, Lord, you know, look at that, you just prospering and yeah, here you're doing good things. And so um, I think in the, in the smallest context, 
prospering or prosperity for me is just this concept of growth, of change, of just kind of walking in some level of a divine order or, you know, what is the path that's laid out for you. Um, I think that could mean wealth, right? It could mean that you have prosperity because you've attained certain things. Um, it could mean that you've, you have prosperity because you are um, just doing things that are enriching your life or the life of others. So I think prosperity has so many different meanings, um, but I think ultimately for me, it's really just about being able to reach a point of reflection and say, you know, from from there to here, I've I've kind of made this growth. I've I've made this push forward, um, and you know, in a sense, it's kind of I would say synonymous with success. You're, you're able to look and say that this has been accomplished. That there's a level of prosperity here. So that's that's what prosperity means for me in my life. I love that. Come on, church girl. You know, when I hear prosperity, I think of that same exact Bible verse and, you know, mm -hmm. being a Southern belle raised in the church, you know, that's what I think of. And you're right. It's about growth and success and, you know, not being stagnant. Like we mm -hmm. always have to learn and grow. And I love how you said enriching your life and enriching the lives of others. Yep. Yep. I think that's a, that's everyone's purpose and to some extent, right? Like my, the work that I do, right? The, or whatever I, I do to attain or live in a place of prosperity, it may look very different than what you do, right? But I think ultimately we all have a purpose and our purpose is never just for ourselves. Like our purpose is for us, right? To live in a place of like freedom and happiness and um, well-being, but all I think I feel like everyone's purpose still connects to their impact to, to someone else you know it may not be the world as a whole it may be your family it may be your friends it may be your co-workers you know um you in, in some way your level of prosperity is directly connected to someone else right so as we talked about when we started this you know in in my ability to do great things and your ability to do great things we're able to enrich our communities together being able to come here in this place so i 100 feel that prosperity is is a community thing it's not a personal thing you know you it may look different for each of us individually but it's definitely about everyone as a whole you know, I never even thought about the concept of tying prosperity into purpose. But, you know, you're up here teaching me stuff. I'm the life coach, but you, <laughs> it's all good. But, oh, right. Because purpose, and, you know, I love talking about purpose. Purpose, that's my thing. Um, mm -hmm. It is for everyone else. It is about impacting other people. It's not just about you. And thinking of prosperity and success in that same manner is not for us solely it could be for our families it could be for our friends it could be for our communities you know um making one little impact on one life yep. like you think about how they will impact another life and it just goes on and on and eventually we are impacting the world yep, yep. wow That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, you know, you're impacting the world as an attorney and you are doing such 
great work. I know when you were in North Carolina um, working with abuse survivors, mm-hmm. you know, that touched my heart a lot because mm-hmm. that's a field I've worked in, but I do the prevention side. Right. Um, but as you said, you know, we all are interconnected. It all works together. Yeah, it does. It doesn't. And, and, you know, I never saw myself doing that work. Um, you know, I didn't think that I had the, that it wasn't, it wasn't my path, right? Like I didn't put myself on that path. And I think you can, we can make light of that by, as they say, tell God your plans. And, and you know, if you want to make a math, tell him your plans, but my path for myself was not that. So I hadn't really done any of what I think traditionally we would say is the preparatory work, right? Like I didn't say, well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be a prosecutor and I'm gonna be this type of prosecutor and I'm gonna do this work. But I think it found itself to me and I, you know, that's for a, n- a number of reasons. Um, and I think it's a part of my story of, it's of my personal story of prosperity. You know, I, I found that work and when I found myself there, I just connected to it, you know, between the uh, child abuse victims, the sexual assault victims, the juvenile delinquency, the children that I, you know, you know, I know this is hard to say, um, but that I was on the other side as a prosecutor in their juvenile delinquency cases, I made connections all the time. And it put me at a point of reflection because I was actually unhappy doing the work. It was heavy. It was a lot. It, I didn't think that that would, that is what I had worked for. You know, I was in still in that place of God, this is not my journey. Like, I don't know why you got me here, but this is not. And I think when I had to sit with myself and I had the people around me, you know, my mentor who was our SVU prosecutor, who really, she put me in a position to really thrive in that space. Um, And when those people said things to me, like, you're great at this, you're good at this, you know, I really had to take, take a moment and say like, well, what are they seeing that I'm not seeing, you know? And I think it was just my innate ability to use things about myself that I really hadn't tapped into before. Um, You know, I, when you met me as a freshman in high school, I had just lost my mom. And so that, it took a lot of time to come to grips with the reality. Like I'm about to be 18, I'm kind of on my own. Like I'm in this new place. Like I got to navigate the world on my own. It was a very kind of, more of a, a survival time frame, you know? And I think in the year, in recent years, I've finally gotten to a place where I've done all the work. You know, I've got the degrees, I'm getting the jobs, I have a husband, I have my child and I'm, my life is full in those respects, right? So it leaves so much space that I was using to like hustle and work and go and do that now I'm more reflective and I think in doing that type of work I was able to look at myself and say like why am I connecting so much here um and I just think it was just me it was it was pulling from life experience pulling from personal experience pulling from you know just the level of empathy that I have for people um and it just really put me in a place where I think it was it was God's way in some sense, giving me tools that I needed for myself, right? To do some internal healing and some internal work. But I think it was also revealing to me that the things that I wanted for myself, right? Like they're not lost. They just look different and they, and, and they're not bad. You know, I'm not suffering. I'm not, 
I'm not in a place of need. I just may be in a place of dislike. Um, so I think that that has been so pivotal in like the legal work that I've done, but I've recognized that like just my ability to be myself, to be vulnerable, to connect with people, to really try and see you know, other people's perspective um, and push them through what a lot of times are very hard times, right? Like people don't encounter me because their life is great or some aspect of their life is just as great as it could be. Um, people a lot of times to this point in my legal career have are in front of me at some of the most vulnerable and hard times that they've probably ever experienced. Um, and so I think just in doing my inner work continuously to try to find and identify how I show up, why I'm showing up, why I'm here has been so beneficial in like being able to help other people get to the next phase, you know, which for me is always a hope that they're <clears throat> going to another place where they can be whole and, and, and a little bit happier and, you know, less, um, less I, I'm not gonna say broken, but just a little less bruised um, than when they came to me. That was so powerful. Um, you know, just hearing about the heaviness of having that position. And I can relate to that from a different aspect. I worked at a domestic violence and sexual assault agency for mm -hmm. over five years. And although I worked in a prevention capacity, like I was in the building, in the office with everyone else actually, you know, working with clients yeah. and I met some of the clients and I talked to some of the clients and I heard tons of stories. And even when I did prevention work with youth, someone would disclose mm -hmm. and having to carry that. And people don't understand, like when you have lots of empathy you carry that stuff and I've known Precious for a while now as you all have heard and she's always had such a big heart like honestly that's the first thing I think about when I think about Precious like your heart is so big um but it's interesting as you said that you know God put you in that that place with that heaviness mm -hmm. but you were able to you know do well to help your clients and to even grow yourself and to do that inner work. And one thing I always tell my life coaching clients, you know, um, hard times come, you know, challenging times come, but they're typically uncomfortable, of course, but we don't grow when we're in our comfort zones. Oh, yeah. We oh, grow yeah. from the challenges. We grow from the hard stuff, whether we want to admit it or not. And, you know, at the end of the day, every lesson we learn, whether it's about ourselves, about our abilities, about the world, like there's a blessing in that, mm -hmm. that we I can would... carry on to the next place in our journey. Yep. Yep. I agree. That's a part of prosperity, right? Like we talked about it being about success and growth and being able to impact our, you know, the impact for ourselves, but then other people. Um, but I think that challenge is a part of that, right? Like if you're, if you're looking at yourself and you're saying like, am I prospering? Like how are the things that I'm, the visions that I'm putting out there, the, the manifestations that I'm speaking and the, you know, um, the goals that I'm setting or whatever the case, whatever it is for you as an individual that you're setting for yourself is like, I'm here and I'm trying to get there. Um, 
I think you don't set those goals ever saying like, this is a goal, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna make it happen. Um, Everything takes time, everything takes some maneuvering, right? Because if if it was something that you could wake up and do tomorrow, it wouldn't be identified as a goal, right? Like you would just say, tomorrow I'm going to do whatever. It's not tomorrow I am setting a goal for myself and I am gonna accomplish this because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. Like we set goals out of this idea of like, I am looking and seeking to attain this I have not done this or I have not reached this goal. So this is a new level for me. Um, And I think that's with anybody, right? Like if you talk to anybody about a goal, they're not setting goals based on things that they've already done or that they do every day. They're setting new goals. These are are new levels of attainment. And I think in whatever it is, it's always going to be different than where you are. Like you're, you're trying to get to a different place than where you already are so you have to be prepared and you have to acknowledge that I can't plan for what I don't know right because I'm going to new territory but I have to understand and I have to be willing and open to the challenges and when it gets hard like those are the moments where I've got to stop and say like why is this hard right like why is why why am I uncomfortable? Why am I exhausted? Why am I stressed? Why am I feeling some levels of depression? Like what, what is happening right now that is causing me to feel like this? And I think those are the moments that a lot of us show up sometimes and like, I'm having a hard day or you're crying and you don't know why you're crying. And it's like, actually, if you take a step back, you can see that you're, you're pushing towards something, right? You're pushing, you're running up against something. And these are things that are just meant for you to take a moment to reflect on. And, and you can actually learn a lot in those moments, as you said. You are so right. And I always um, notice that when I'm trying to reach a goal and I'm almost there, something weird, strange, sometimes even bad happens like right before Mm -hmm. it happens. And I'm like, oh no. And I complain and I can't believe it. And I'm so close. But every time I know in the back of my head, this happens because you're almost there. You have to keep pushing like, do you really want it? Are you going to work for it? Yep. Yep. I agree. What the what the old people say, the devil is busy. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. So you've dropped so many gems. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you say to someone who, you know, they want to be successful and they're just having a hard time um finding that success in their life what would you say to them I think I would say to them what I have to tell myself um you know we live in a society where the accessibility to so many things and so many people is just easy um it's 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 what we consume on a day-to-day basis you know you see someone else's their new car their new house their new business their you know their bank account what they and, and I think we, you know, we see it a lot in the memes and whatever about not measuring and comparing and whatever, but I think it is an honest thing to always have to look for yourself, right? And when you're saying like, I'm trying to be successful or I don't feel successful, I think you have to stop and say like, but what, how am I defining success, right? Like, what is that for me? Not as I look with anyone else or not as I consider 
how other people may respond to me, but literally for myself, how do I identify success? And like, why do I identify that as success? Because I know for myself, sometimes I can say like, ah, I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I don't feel like I'm doing what I wanna do or what I wanna be. And it's like, when I take the time to really peel back the layers, I'm like, but girl, what do you want? I don't know, you know, it's like, well, what do you think you should be doing? Well, I don't know. And it's like, so, so are you really, is it that you're really not where you think you should be? Or is it some other influence that's causing you to feel like you should be at a certain place? And because you're not there, you then feel like this level of, you know, defeat or, or failure or that you're not being successful. And so I think it's, it's a, it's a level of work that you have to do for yourself to truly define like what success means to you because if you don't do that you'll find yourself chasing after something that may not even make you happy right like you're chasing after something under this false pretense that that is the level of success and then you get there and you're like wait i, I don't i don't know like it's funny, and if anybody has children, I, I we watched Soul over the Christmas break, which is the new Pixar movie. Um, and this, I was talking to one of my friends who's a, an accountability partner for me, and we were talking through it. And and one of the things that we talked about is like this idea where, you know, this person gets to this place where they've been fighting their whole life to get to, and they're like, I thought it would feel different, like. I'm not, I don't, I'm not experiencing the level of happiness because this, I have my entire life spent my, spent my entire life working to this, thinking that this is success, right? And ultimately the entire premise is like, you, you're so focused on thinking that that's your purpose, right? That's where you're supposed to be. And if you get there, you have now reached the, 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 the climax of your life when in all actuality, it's about the journey. It's about getting there. It's about all the things that you can do along the way that still ties into that, that same purpose, right? That same interest um, and still feeds you, but it may not look like what you prescribed it to be. And so I think in just talking to other people about success, you know, I'm never going to define that for someone else and how to get there, because I think it's, it's a, it's a, uh, every day a uh, checks and balance for me right when I go to bed at night how do I feel like my day is successful or maybe we look at it as productivity like how productive was I today is productivity looking like a supervisor calling and saying oh my god you met every you know expectation that I had or is productivity for me being able to get up have a workout spend some quality time with my son, do some work, take a few minutes or an hour to focus on myself, to journal. If that's enough for me and I can lay my head down at night without a million thoughts going through my head because I haven't, you know, done things that actually feed into me, then that's success for me. So I think we have to define it for ourselves. And then we always have to ask that question of why am I defining this as success? Um, because if you ask kind of like the what and the why, I think you can really determine like, how do you need to set goals for yourself to reach a level of success that you're going to be happy with and not without consideration of anyone or anything else. I hope y'all were paying attention and hopefully taking notes even because she said so much. <laughs> and the thing that came up for me, um, you know, we live in an age where you see everybody's business on social media, mm -hmm. especially now we can't see each other in person. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it's so easy to get wrapped up into what people are posting. And, you know, oh, new house, new car, new job, new business, new baby, new everything. But people typically don't share their struggles. And I think for some folks, they get so caught up in, you know, all the people around me are doing all these things and I'm not there yet. I'm not doing enough. But that reminder of, you know, focusing on um, defining what success means to you and asking yourself why, that self-reflection piece is so important for everyone. And something I love to say, and I stole this quote from somebody, um, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. How can you ever be happy if you're steadily comparing your life to another person's life? You don't know what they went through to get there. Just like they don't know what you're going through to get to your success. It's so personal. It is, it is. And you know, everyone's challenge is different. Everyone's bandwidth is different, right? Like what you may be able to handle, I may not feel like I can handle it or or it could look different for me. And so I think that's the thing that we always have to remind ourselves um, of. And, you know, I, I've tried to, I think for a long time for myself, I was able to do that without any, it wasn't a task, right? Um, but you realize like the more life you have, the more kind of life bangs you up a little bit, you find yourself being like, now what in the world? Like, is it just me over here going through this? Is no one else going through it? And I think that that's the other thing is that we have to stay in tune with the, the pressure that we put our, ourselves you know, on ourselves I think we have to also stay in tune with like, <clears throat> just your overall kind of view of you right because if your view of yourself is not that like I'm going through this this is my story this is my journey there's something here for me right so just because I went through this and my homegirl hasn't doesn't mean that I'm in a worse place than she is right it could just mean that this is something that I've got to get through for whatever's for me on the other side and your homegirl six months down the line could go through something and you're like oh now it's not the same, but I've been there and I know, and now I can give you the tools or whatever the case may be. So I think we have to think about it in that, in that context too. You know, we can go back to talking about prosperity and, and that community idea is that sometimes those things and those challenges that we got as we're trying to work towards success, um, sometimes it's just, it's a, it's a prescription for us and what is next for us. So, you know, you got to think about that too, is like not comparing, but sometimes just taking inventory of it is like, I can't think about whether or not anybody else is having this struggle because this is a struggle for me and it's something for me in it that I've got to just push through it. And not, that's not, that doesn't mean you have to be a lone wolf, right? It doesn't mean you, you don't have to share it. That's what we build our personal support systems for. But I think you have to understand that sometimes those challenges aren't meant, right, to be exemplified and shown in someone else. The same way your, your success isn't. Like, we don't, set goals to say I'm trying to reach this goal and I want my goal to look just like Sharika's like even if we live in a spirit of comparison uh, nine times out of ten we're trying to exceed the next person's goal right so (laughs) if you find yourself comparing yourself to somebody you're never comparing to say like I'm doing this because I want to do and I want the same result that this person has you're nine times out of ten doing it and saying 
you know what, I can do better, right? And so I think we have to give ourselves that same grace as we navigate things that may kind of pose themselves as hurdle to, hurdles to us is like, I can't worry about if the next person's going through this because I've got to succeed and get through this on my own in such a way that when I'm on the other side, like when someone else is going through it and I can see that, I can understand like why I went through it and maybe be help, be, be helping hand to them. So I think it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a lot of work, but it all really comes down to self-work. It's not about anybody outside of ourselves. You're so right. But, you know, the fact that once we get through it and we're successful and we prosper, Mm -hmm. that we can reach back and help someone else is so beautiful. Um, And that goes back to what you said at the beginning. You know, it's about impacting other people and impacting our communities. So Mm -hmm. it all plays in together. It's, It's amazing how that happens. So just to transition a little bit before we wrap up, tell us more about the Lineage Firm. Yeah, so uh, um, the Lineage Firm for me is it's my prosperity. Um, it really is. It's, it's where I think I'm going to find um, a lot of value in myself. Um, I think it's where I'm going to be able to give a lot of value to so many people. Um, in 2018, um, that might have been the first year where I would say that I intentionally was like, I got to do a vision board. I got to do this. And it was really coming from a place of like, I am, you know, I was a prosecutor. I was doing this work. Um, I, you know, got a marriage that's hitting nine, 10 years, I'm still young, you know, and I'm like, I, something, something, something more has to be out there for me because this ain't it. Um, and I just didn't know where to find it. Like I, I couldn't make the type of connection that I felt like I needed and just t- trying to talk to God and I just wasn't getting the answers. And my vision board ended up being really a representation of everything that I had done, that I had vested so much in myself and thinking these are the things that was put in me before and I need to give birth back to these things. Um, and it was combined with kind of visualiz- visualizations of what I thought I was trying to attain. Um, you know, just from my relationships with my friends and my family and, and for my marriage to be able to purchase a home, like all those things. And so I went through 2019, like so attached to this vision board, like these, I have to figure out a way to make all these things happen. But um, it just so happens, my husband, who's a service member actively was deployed. So I was parenting alone and I, and it it was a struggle. It really was. It was a, a real, um, mental health battle to just stay afloat, you know, doing it all, um, kind of remote from family and friends, um, and having a service member who's, uh, in a completely different country, in a completely different time zone, not really able to kind of give that emotional aspect. And so um, coming out of 2019, we, we were relocating and that's how I got the job at the Children's Law Center. And the work from being a prosecutor really led me to that. You know, like I said, I found that I really had this connection and I thought, well, this is really different work, right? But there's some, there's some things that just kind of connect and I think I could do really great work here. Um, and I've, I've done some really good things and I enjoy the work, but I just knew immediately, like, this is not 
where God is putting me to rest. You know, we're, we're relocating to DC for my husband's job. I'm here. Okay, great. Got a job, can bring some income in, kids in daycare. Awesome. And I would say within the first 30 days, I was just like, mm, yeah, okay, God, I hear you. I ain't, I'm not about to kick my feet up. Let me keep on, you know, searching. And I just came, I, I took, I remember taking out a list of all these areas of law. And I was just like, well, I got this law degree. Like I got to do something. And, um, I came upon estate planning, which is an area of law that I kind of had a small acquaintance with through a clerkship in law school, but I, I hadn't really invested any time in it. And so I started just really doing research, trying to really understand, you know, we, we come across these concepts in law school, but they're not really made plain for you. You don't really understand the practice of them. And, you know, you're not taught to to practice law kind of with passion. You're taught to kind of practice with this intellectual mind and you make money. Um, and I just, it was something that just started to just speak to me in so many ways, like, and all I kept saying was like, man, like my people need this. Like people who I know need this, like I needed this. Um, and it just led me on a journey to really sit still with it for a while. Um, and that's what I've done through COVID. Um, I had made a decision just prior to COVID that I would try to go out on my own. I started, you know, just kind of working on those things that keep you inspired, like my logo and what would I, what type of services would I do? Um, and just through this time and just really sitting with it and doing little pieces, um, not being driven by the, the COVID entrepreneur rush. And, it, and it's been hard, I'll be honest. Um, but I've just been sitting with it and just really figuring out how do I put myself into this work? Because one, I, I know myself and I know that that's what's gonna keep me motivated. But I also recognize that there was this, it, this, is, this was my, my assignment for being able to work through myself and my own healing, um, but to help people who I love, which is all people, um, you know, especially people in the black community um, and in our brown communities, um, help preserve ourselves in such a way that I think is necessary, especially at a time like COVID, which just so happens to come as I'm doing this. Um, but I think even when we think about pre-COVID, um, and just the challenges that we face on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, whether it be education, whether it be guardianship, whether it be estate planning, um, those are just not tools that are readily made accessible to us. It's not a, it's not an area that we see a lot of representation is in, you know, I can tell you that until I started down this path to establish this firm, I ha have never encountered an estate planning attorney and I am an attorney. Um, of color. I've never encountered a black estate a planning to, um, estate planning attorney. And so the lineage firm is just that. It's a firm where I am able to obviously engage in legal practice, but I'm also able to educate um, my community and my friends and my family about things that are just really going to help us build a legacy and generational wealth. You know, I think through COVID, seeing so many people um, really find their their lane and thrive in it and, and be successful entrepreneurs and um, be innovative has been so overwhelmingly, you know, just impactful um, because it just shows the strength, especially for the Black community of our people. But I think beyond that, 
it's been one of those things where I'm like, how do we preserve it, right? Like, how do we ensure, you know, when we talk about generational wealth, when we talk about legacy, is it just buying the home or is it protecting the home, right? Like, is it starting the business or is it starting the business and protecting the business? So if your son or your daughter or your niece or your nephew wants to take it, they can, um, or benefit from it, they can. You know, you're writing this book. Are you doing what's necessary to ensure that your children can benefit from those royalties or whatever the case may be. And so the lineage firm is a culmination of who I am. You know, I started in communications. That's what I majored in when we were at Central. Um, I went on to get my master's in entertainment business. And I actually got into the law thinking that I would manage artists and help them keep um, their rights and their, you know, their ownership preserved. That was always, that was the thing that I really latched onto in doing that work for almost seven years. Um, but now I recognize that like, I can still do that. And it's about so much more. Um, as I said, in the beginning, you know, I lost my mom at 17. I lost my dad a few years prior to that. My dad had been incarcerated my entire life. I think he was out maybe two years before he passed away. Um, so I really didn't get that opportunity to get to know him. And, and it's not as if he was an absent father, right? Like I have cards, I have uh, letters, I have paintings, I have pictures. Like I knew I had a father growing up, but as a 30, how old am I? 32. As a 32 year old woman, um, I don't know the things that I need to know and I don't have the type of information that I need to have for my son. And so um, the lineage firm is just about helping our community change that. You know, we talk about not selling grandma house, but we don't help people understand how to keep the value in grandma house. And what do we have to do to make sure that grandma's house is not left to uh, the family member that may not do the best thing with it, or is not left into hands of family members that may not be able to come together to preserve it. And so I think, you know, we have to learn to have hard conversations. We talk about mental health. Uh, we talk about physical health. Uh, we talk about money management, um, but very rarely do we really take the time to talk about if I die or if I become incapacitated, what is going to happen to my legacy? And so I just really want to change um, how we talk about that. I want to make it normal. I want to take the taboo and the stigma out of it. Um, so the lineage firm is what I created. And, you know, as an attorney, I can't help everybody. I can't, I'm licensed in North Carolina and DC. And so the other thing that I created, which will launch with the practice is my legacy journal. Um, it is available for purchase now, um, but it has not officially launched. I'll be launching that because um, it's really a journal that gives people the foundation to begin to think about life planning and see the, the, the things that are interconnected in estate planning. You know, we think about estate planning as like, I don't want to think about a will, or I don't know anything about a trust, or what about, what you mean I have to plan for guardianship for my children? But I think it's, a, it's, it's further than that. When we think about life planning, you have to think about your legacy in its totality. Um, and so that is thinking about what have you created while you're here, right? Like, what are the stories you want to leave to your children? All of those things. What are your burial um, wishes? All of those things are so important. Um, and just through my life and, you know, not only losing my, my parents, but being someone who grew up without grandparents. You know, I have a closet full of death certificates, deeds to homes that my family does not own, um, and unfinished baby books. 
um, and photos. That that's the that's the generational you know uh, legacy that I was left with, and then you know the curses that I now have to work through. And so I just really want to do my part to use obviously um, my education, but you know my heart and my life experience to to do something better to to make to to make a change. What I think is beautiful that you are using, you know, your own life experiences and, you know, I like to say using your own pain and turning it into purpose because that's what it's all about. And I will say that I do know one other black attorney who does estate planning is my sister, (laughs) but yeah, y'all the only two though, that I know off the top of my head. Um, (laughs) Problem, right? Like that's the problem. Definitely a problem, but I'm so excited about the work you're doing with your law firm that's launching soon and with this legacy journal. Like so many thoughts just went through my head. When you said unfinished baby books, I was I felt that I was mm-hmm. like, I need to finish my little boy's baby book. He's only he's three now. So I should have done it before. But it's like, man, what if something happened? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't finish it. Wow. Yeah, it's the little things. It really is, you know, and I think that's what I want to invoke with the legacy journal. You know, everyone's not going to pick up the phone and say, let me go get a will tomorrow. And that's okay. You know, we have to let people know that that is okay. We tell people so many times, if you don't have a will, or if you're not protecting this, or if you're not doing that, like you're not, you're not doing it. And that's not the case. If you start, I would rather someone become incapacitated or god forbid die tomorrow and that little green legacy book is with their passport and their id because at minimum i know that their family would know what their wishes were i would know that their family could know what they thought about them what their challenges were or who influenced them because that is what that tool is yes it's not a substitute for estate planning it's not a substitute for financial planning it's not a substitute for health insurance um excuse me um life insurance or any of those things but it's such a good foundation that you know, if you take the time to work through it, just like a book, right? A book is not going to give you everything that you need, especially if you're someone like me in a self-help books. But if I have the foundation, I leave that book a little bit more inspired to go to the next step. And I also leave with a little bit more of a resource to say, huh, these are some things that I probably should have been thinking about that I didn't think about before. And I think that's the way that we have to do it. And if we can do that, then we will put people and have people in so much of a better position um, to leave this world. You're so right. So um, for the listeners, and honestly, for me, um, (laughs) who's interested in buying this legacy journal, like where do we find it? So you can find it on Amazon. Um, It's the Legacy Journal. You can actually search Precious Harrison Cobb. It'll pull up. It's a little green book. Um, You can also find it on lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. And you can search the Legacy Journal or you can search my name um, and it should pull up for you there. Um, I encourage, you know, people to just take some time, sit with it, 
you know, it doesn't have to be completed overnight. Um, and I've actually started completing my own and I'm doing it in pencil because I think just like a wheel, um, which should be updated as life changes, uh, just like your journal that you pick up a new one every, every year. Um, you've got different goals, you've got different interests, your life looks different. Um, I really want people to start treating their life and their story in that way too, that it's meant to be rewritten. And so I always encourage people to um, write your plans out in a pencil um, because they're meant to be changed. I love that. And shout out to lulu.com. That's where I publish all my workbooks. Yes. Um, they're awesome. <laughs> they, are, they are amazing. So where can people follow you? Are you on social media, Precious? I am. So I'm under at the Precious Ruby on Instagram. Um, I am also building up the Lineage Firm's um, social media, and I would definitely encourage people to follow me at the Lineage Firm on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, they are still babies uh, in the process, but I definitely foresee that that's where I will spend most of my time. It's where I would um, I will give more, you know most of my info and definitely try to engage with people a lot more than I will through my personal social media. So um, if you'd like to be in the first numbers, definitely go follow me there. Awesome. And I will include um, links to the Legacy Firm social media accounts in the description of this um, podcast because it's important for people to follow you and to buy your journal because they need it. We all need it. And and your daddy and your uncle and your sister and your cousin and especially if you're in accountability groups. um, I think it's beautiful to be able to do this type of thing with your family and friends and have these conversations. I'll be honest, I, I, I started having these conversations with my family and I was able to use the challenges that we've had to face, you know, from guardianship to uh, life insurance to, you know, just little things that we're so used to doing when we're grieving, you know, it's like, well, this person died, what, you know, well, don't go over there because they trying to get everything in order. They're trying to figure out who's going to handle the body and all this. But I found that in having the conversation and really using examples, real life examples that we've already experienced, that my family is so much more receptive to it. They're like, yes, I don't want to go through that again. Um, so yeah, I encourage you to to use it as a as a as a piece to kind of open the door to these conversations with your loved ones. I love it. And y'all, I'm looking at it on Amazon.com. It is a low cost. You can afford it. It's on Prime. There are only 41 pages, so there's no excuse to not purchase it and actually complete it. Um, your family needs it. Buy it as a gift, as you said. You know, this is something we all need, um, especially in Black and Brown communities, because as you said, these are things we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's time to start talking about them because, you know, life happens and death happens. Yeah. It's something we have to live with. That is right. Well, awesome. I'm so excited, Precious. I can't wait to buy your book. <laughs> I'm gonna tell everybody this was my roommate in college y'all <laughs> I'm excited <sighs> well precious thank you so so much um you have shared so much good information and you know I think you're the first um attorney I've interviewed Aww. on my podcast 
even when I had my other podcast, I never interviewed an attorney. So <laughs> well, I am excited to be the first and it has been a pleasure. Um, you know, I, I'll tell people, look, sometimes you've got to be asked these questions to think through things for yourself. And so um, I think it's just as helpful to me as it will be to your listeners, because sometimes we have to remind ourselves, you know, um, what we really think and, and how we think and, and how we process things. And so um, I'm, I'm human, you know, I have moments, I get into that spirit of comparison too. So um, this has been helpful for me um, as well. And I can't wait uh, to be able to use it as a point of reference for myself, hold it up as a mirror <laughs> once you put it out there. Awesome. Well, thank you for being a guest. Thank you listeners for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Peace, Purpose, and Prosperity podcast.